of matters arising yes this is matters arising episode six thank you guys for the support so far i really 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 appreciate so on today's episode right i'm going to be hanging out with a comedian a an mc an actor and everything entertainment i'm sure most of you are going to be thinking that what are these guys going to talk about i'm sure this episode is going to be very funny <laughs> jokes on you it's not exactly going to be funny like that although like we'll try to make it as entertaining as possible but then we're going to be talking about the scriptures yes i'm sure most of you didn't know that ebuka mike was was very rooted in the scriptures mm. he gets his, his jokes from jesus hallelujah you would have you call yes of them god you wonder <laughs> i just remembered one <laughs> no allah but yes, I have Ebuka Mike with me. Ebuka, please greet your people. How fun are you guys doing? I don't know you guys. So I say greet your people. How did they keep it? <laughs> I just, I'm glad to be here. I've been seeing them just talk as matters arising and it seems like a fun place to be and it looks like you guys that listen have a lot of sense. So I'm glad to be here. <laughs> it's a lot of sense. Yes. My fan base are very intelligent and sensible people. Mm. Okay, yeah, so getting straight into it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you ready? Okay, so um, on this episode, I want to talk about, I've not really picked a name for this episode, but then a name came to my mind, like tagging it like a woke generation, right? That's the name that came to my mind. I don't know if that's what I'm going to use. Okay. But then um, I just feel like there are many things that happen and then many people just feel like, these days, many people are not really visiting the scriptures anymore, like the Bible. We are using like our, shall I say, initiative or shall I say, common sense. <laughs> Do you get? <laughs> yes, now. That's hilarious, man. <laughs> like I just feel like that's how people are saying it these days. Like, true, true. Whatever true. they just feel that. Right? But, like what's good for? So people? I'm just going to. Yes. Do you understand? Yeah. Yeah. So. Getting into it, right? I'm just going to be picking on some topics or some scriptures of the Bible. Okay. And I just really want you to expand it for me okay. to a certain extent. Right? Okay. Okay. So, let's start with... Hold up, huh? start. Let me know how long is this meant to be so that... You don't over talk. Yes. Okay. We can do 30 minutes. Okay, no worries. Okay. So, um... I was really thinking of the best way to start, but then I think, okay, let's start with 1 Timothy 2, verse 11 to 12. That's one that talks about, let a woman learn quietly with, a submiss- with submissiveness. Okay. I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. Okay. Rather, she is to remain quiet. Okay. That's the Bible. These are not my words. <laughs> if any feminist is listening. If any feminist is like, What? <laughs> Let me not hear it again. <laughs> okay, okay. So as you explain that, have you? Yes. Okay. First of all, um, because I, I, like you said, because of many, you know, ideologies, ideas, are uh, rearing up now, are coming up now. Okay. People tend, mm-hmm. to, for example, I, I saw on Twitter one, 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 a Christian. She says she's a Christian. Said she doesn't read Paul. That Paul is a, was a misogynist. 
<laughs> Not to you know, go see for that Twitter. <laughs> but my point is, the point is that um, if you if you claim to be a Christian, then it means you should trust God. And if you trust God, then God is wise because God is God. But mm-hmm. let me address this, you know, because this scripture has also been taken out of context because that's one of the most important things you see when you're reading the Bible. What we should not use metaphors as. We should not take them literally, but we should use them as figures of speech as they are. And also, we shouldn't, I'm not saying in general, broad scope, also things like similes, we should use them as they are. You understand? They should not suspend our reasoning. Okay, but let's look at that first Timothy now. I'm just saying that okay. what I just said now is just to, you know, wet the ground. And also, there are, I will say this here, there are parts of the Bible that um, Bible expositors and um, and then um, translators they wrestle with because of how it it seemingly appears. Do you understand what I'm saying? So yes. they they try to retranslate it. They try to you know they try to maybe water it down or make it more calm. However, it is. But how the question is how would you now know? You know how would you know the truth if this is what people? Because the, first of all, I'm not not first of all. I've said many things now. Secondly, or thirdly, or whatever number I am, <laughs> the translators and the Bible expositors didn't necessarily, they didn't necessarily understand the message of the Bible. Many of them were just people that understood English, Greek, Aramaic, and just yeah, like yeah. I call you to interpret a Yoruba document if you understand Yoruba. Okay. Yes, so, yes, I so guess you know. Sometimes you can see some funny um, translations, mistranslations, or mistranslated words, or if you use something like KJV. You see some words are in parentheses or are in italics if you're using a hard copy. Now, those words were not in the original manuscript. They were thrown there to so that the sentence will make sense. Do you understand? Based on okay. reasoning. So, are you as a student of the Bible, you must be able to understand. It must, there must be an alignment with the whole body of truth. Okay? Okay. So, you first look at the context in which the writer is talking from. Then you look at the context in terms of the whole body of truth. All right. Who who else agrees with what this guy is saying here? Okay, that being said, let me quickly just look at this. He says, uh, uh, this one talks about let a woman learn quietly. Let me start from nine so that you see it. All right, from verse nine. He says, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Now, most of the time, people miss, they, they get, because of, you know, another thing is man is the one that is interpreting this. Because of their, as they forget the message of what the writer is saying. For example, here, mm-hmm. What Paul is talking about here, this one I just read now, all right? He's talking about, if, if you also read it in, another person that spoke like this was Peter, okay? Can we just look at mm-hmm. what Peter said about this? Okay. First Peter 3. So you get the idea of what, the, what the, the teaching was, so that we don't get carried away. It's not about what you wear. It's not, it's not like that's, that's not where the emphasis is on. He's talking, he's first talking, okay, let's look at this. Um, let's start from verse 3. He's talking about women, so let's just start from verse 3. 
whose adorning let it not be that outward outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold and of putting on of apparel but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit which is in the sight of god of great price so you see that so what he's talking about is let's continue is what he's talking about is let your beauty let the essence of your esteem yeah, this is what Peter is saying. You know? Not rest in your clothing and how you look. You know? Do you get? Let your beauty not emanate from those things. Let it instead. It's about your heart. Your heart. You understand what I'm saying? That's what Peter is saying. Mm-hmm. But there are many churches today that have taken this to literally and or they have made people not to wear earrings or their women not to wear No, that is religion. And that's what Jesus came to break us free from. All right? So it's not about do's and don'ts. Legalism is not Christ. Is about the state of your spirit. So that's why he was addressing it. Now, what Paul was saying in his own verse, Paul was saying that, First Timothy 2, let's go back to that First Timothy 2. Paul was saying that, hey, that the women should be, more, he was preaching moderation. Hmm. And moderation is relative. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So there is no, gauge for there is no international gauge for moderation it's relative mm-hmm. so he's talking about what can be moderate in somewhere cannot be moderate, cannot be yes. moderate so in another place you, you you yourself as a person that is born again you know when you have stepped out of line you know what i'm saying so he's saying okay. be, moderate, be moderate be moderate all right be moderate okay so i'm getting that i'm getting your point from this for what you're seeing here is that and when people say and um, in the scripture where they were saying don't wear expensive this, don't wear expensive that. Yes. The the, idea- what they really meant was like the goodness, like you should not praise your put, value. Sorry, place so much value yes. on your clothing. Yes. Beautiful. But that's the it. value should be on your heart. In your yes. heart. Yes, that's what he's talking okay. about. That instead, spend more time. Do you get let your he's talking about priorities? Okay. Let your beauty be within. Yes. Because there are many okay. beautiful girls outwardly that are very ugly inside. And so that's hmm. Just what I'm saying. Now, now, now yeah. it also talks to men. So I'm just it's because feminists feel like it's, the Bible is so attack, attacking women's side. But I'm just talking now. Let's look at this one. The one that you called my attention to. It says, "Let the woman learn in silence, with all subjection." Okay, let uh-huh. the woman. Okay, and this translation is King James. King James gets it the best, and I'll tell you why. Let's look at this. Let the woman learn in silence without subjection. Look at 12. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to use up authority over the man. Over the man. Very, it is a most important emphasis because it's a definite, it's almost some other translations will say over a man. But if you study the context, every time, the only place where, um, because look at the word, use the word usurp. So it means that the man already had authority over the woman. And the only place, the only context where man has authority over woman is in marriage. That is the only context. So it's not as if you, every girl, you you have authority over her. That's a lie. The only place where God delegated authority to a man over a woman is in marriage. And the authority is not authority of because of you are better. No, it's just because like a team, you are the leader. So authority has been given unto you. And he just chose you because he chose it to be so. Just what I'm saying, it's not, there's no qualification that man went through. 
I don't get what I'm saying. Okay. So, so yes. this is talking about is married people. So the only person that a woman can usurp authority over is somebody that already has authority over her, which includes her husband, her dad, if she's maybe a spiritual leader, or if she has a boss at work, whoever that person might be. She said you should learn in silence under that person. Hmm. So it's not about... Um, and when you use Adam and Eve, we use Adam and Eve because they were first of all married. That's, that's very important. So... <laughs> That's just the whole, you know. So, but many people have taken it to be every girl, you know. That's why you, a girl of insults you and you get offended because you feel that you have such a God-given right. This, this, I remember I told you that if you want to look at it, look at what the whole the writer has said in other places. Let me say this here for the people that are listening that are so concerned about gender. You know, people say things like I used to even say this statement. I want to tell you now that God is a mm-hmm. feminist. I even used to say it, you know, before. But I thought about the whole thing and I, I see that God is not a feminist. God is bigger, is too big to box into those, oh, those manly opinions because the truth is that it's not always, the answer is not always yes or no. Do you see what I'm saying? But yeah. first of all, what we must understand is that the only interest, from my Bible, the only interest God has in sex, that's when I mean sex, that's male and female or gender, mm-hmm is in the context of procreation and marriage, you know. That's the only place where there's a premium on gender. Yes. Now, meaning that God is not really interested, is not a factor for him because the human spirit is what, God is a spirit, and anybody that must relate with him must relate with him in spirit and in truth. And the human spirit does not have any gender. Let me show you something quickly. Um, after this, we will we'll die this matter and go to another one. Galatians chapter 3. Okay. From verse 20, 28. Okay, let's start from 27. It says, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. You see that? Yeah. So th- those people that still are concerned about why should the pastor be a woman, they've not understood the gospel. You get so they've not they are over you must in reading your Bible, you must carry out contextualization and ex- exegesis. If you are saying if you are exeg- exegesizing, I hope I pronounced that well, that means you are understanding <laughs> what happened in that time. Then if you are contextualizing, you are bringing it into our time. You get, I don't know what I'm saying. So yeah. every, it must be done hand in hand so that the full context will not be misplaced. So male and female, you know, the only place where there is any premium, and this is what God says. Now, if the feminists disagree with this one, that is their business. That is not my business. You can take it up with God. God says in marriage, all right, the man is the head of the woman in a marriage situation. And that head does not mean... In a marriage situation. It doesn't, okay. mean, it doesn't mean... It means her leader. The same way we are in groups, we, when we are doing, when we're in school, we are doing projects, and somebody has a leader of that team. He's the leader of the team. We have presidents of our associations. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So yes. God, God says the man is the leader of this union, of man and wife. The man is the leader. And the woman should submit to the man, and the man should love the woman. And that mm-hmm. is the only way it can work. Why? Because it's God that said so. So except the man loves the woman, 
Because the idea is that the woman is now part of his flesh. So the woman is him, an extension of him. And if the woman is an extension of him, he's meant to love her as himself. And because of she, she's also part of him, she's meant to submit to him because he's like the thinking box of the... Of the I don't know what you got to say. He's the head, like the reason. Mm-hmm. So if you, your mind cannot... Your will cannot say hand move and your hand will not move. The same way your hand, you, your mind will not starve your hand from food. Your, hand, your mind will not mistreat your hand. You know, I don't know. So that's how it works. That's the beauty in it. So whatever, and again, whatever agreement, there is no law to it. Because the Bible says very little of marriage. There is no law to it. If the of you want to um, you want to be talking together, anyhow, anyhow you want to do it, just this is the only thing God says, that the man is the leader of that union, and that man love your wife, wife submit to your husband. Really? Okay. So why do you think many people, like, you see people that, eh? No. My husband and I are the same. We'll make decisions together. We'll make... So now, let's... Uh, now, I want to no, understand something. No, it's just to be made this... together. Because if... You yes. Can, so... Can... Okay, talk okay I want to just ask. When you're talking about leadership now, do you mean... Okay, I understand. Let's say, for example, now, the man... You guys are about to make a... Let's say a, an investment, right? Okay. The woman says, let's do this. The man says, let's do this. They do their research. They find out that both of them are actually profitable. Like, let's just find out, like, who do you think, like, has the final say? Is that hey, what the Bible good. means by like the man is the leader? Hey, look at it. Let's look at what it mirrors, okay? Because the Bible did not leave us, it did not just give us, it gave us a reference point, okay? It says the man should love his wife the way Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church. So, meaning that our leadership is servant leadership, is sacrificial mm-hmm. leadership. Okay. Now, and sacrifice. He, he said the church should submit should the, the wife should submit to the husband like the church is submitted to jesus now jesus is the lord of your life josh Tucker, to my to the best of my knowledge last time i knew you now <laughs> <laughs> now jesus is the lord of your life he's the lord he's the boss meaning that he actually owns your life but he's a lordship of love so jesus does not force you to do anything but you know that in your life, if he's truly your Lord, he should have the final say. But he wouldn't yes. force. So that is the relationship. We shouldn't. That's how we should be. The man must love like Jesus. The woman must submit like the church. So that's how it should be. That's the only way to mm. work. So the same way Jesus Christ is not a tyrant to the church, the man shouldn't be a tyrant to his wife. Okay. So, like, the fact that a woman is submissive doesn't mean the man should take advantage. Yes, that's the point. Okay. And this is okay. the problem in the world today. You know, it's selfishness. People are waiting. Yes. Wait, people are waiting for the other person to do before they do. Mm-hmm. Is there, is there hope? But, you know... The, no, this, I just think everybody, everybody is just trying to avoid C-finish. You understand that type of thing? Because <laughs> these days, they take many people for granted. You get <laughs> So if, if, for example, a guy is giving all his love to, to a girl, uh, like the girl feels use them anyhow, and if, it's, if a girl no, too no, is being very submissive... The where I just give you now, not before dating, not for marriage. Okay. If you are dating, if you are dating somebody, all right, or, and according to the Bible, there's no real thing like dating. There's actually only courtship. Somebody is preparing to get married. Because if you are saying you are preparing to get married, there is no authority, there is no binding such a guy has over you or such a girl has over you. You are not yet committed to that person. So, you should think as an individual. I don't know what I'm saying. 
Get what you're saying. So there is no my point is that there is no law. So the problem now is that people are trying to apply the marriage law before marriage. Hmm. So the guy is expecting respect. But is it a, is it a, okay? I get okay. I guess. But then, like, is it a bad thing? It's not a bad thing, but it's not a um, obligation. If he decides not to respect you, yeah, there's no law against it. And if the guy decides not to be caring, you should just know that I'm not going to marry this guy. That's all. It depends, yeah, but then it's, it's, it's like the truth, though. The truth has okay, now. Okay. <laughs> now, you mentioned something about woman leadership, right? Okay. Now, you say many people say that uh, why should a woman be preaching in church and all of that? Yeah. Okay, I just want to take you to a scripture, right? Okay. First Corinthians 14, verse 34, right? Okay. It says, the women should keep silent in church, for they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission, as the law also says, if there is anything they desire to learn, let them ask their husbands at home. For it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. The oh. words of the Bible, not oh. mine. <laughs> I have to end my statements like yeah. that. The same scripture you just read is the same Paul that was writing to the Corinthian church. And this scripture that I just read, I want, to, I want you to put it, I want you to own your thinking cap now. Okay, so that you see that it applies likewise. The Corinthian church, let's do some exegesis. The Corinthian church was a church that, according to the Bible, had many vices. All right. They had many. Okay. Vices. In Corinthians, I said, flee from him. Don't you know your body is a temple of God? Why will you abstain? You know, they were fornicating. They were drinking. They were. And one other, one other thing was that they were disorderly. Even in their services. Very disorderly. Because this, that church was the church that apparently excelled the most in gifts of the spirit. Okay. So everybody in that church, mm-hmm. they were, let me not say everybody. There was, there was multiplied, multiplied manifestation of the gifts of the spirit so everybody had something to give in that church so it is very really a gift of healing a gift of prophecy a word of prophecy you know any you know the whole stuff so hey. this writing actually is to clear them and to um that's the book of first corinthians to clear them and to put things to actually rebuke them and put things in order so you see that that's first corinthians 14 is actually putting the church in order now like I said, put on your thinking cap. This thing that you just read now says, let your women, your women. Remember I told you, every time you, you receive women put on that subjection is only people that are married, in the context of marriage. Let your woman keep silence in the churches. For, it is not permitted unto them to speak. But they are to, now that they are commanded is not, you know, is not, is added. But to be under obedience, as also said the law. Now, look at verse 35. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home. Question. What about those that are not married? Okay. Who would they ask? So you see that the, the message was pointed. He's talking to, and the people that he's talking to understand what he's talking about. He's talking to people that are married. And it's even because of um, um, the way the service was run in that day. So he says, instead of because somebody will come and read out the um, read out the this letter now, like this epistle that Paul wrote, it was read in the churches. Okay, so if somebody is reading it out, it was usually a rowdy setting when everybody was asking, asking, and you know, so Paul Paul is putting order in that church. 
He's putting on that because the woman talking over the man in that church or in the normal setting, when the woman took up, you know, uh, what they call because there's there's a structure. If you didn't, according to the people that were married, though, if you didn't understand anything, all right, you could yeah. ask your husband. Mm-hmm. You understand? Instead of if your husband didn't know, okay, both of you go to the higher authorities. You know, instead of creating, because if you read later, it says, if you read prior to it, it says God is not the author of confusion. You see? Okay, so, so there was like a lot of confusion in the church. Yes, women asking a yes. lot of questions and... Yes. It's just a woman or people. Is it just women or people? Okay. It's just like when you say, um, no, this, this, and this, don't carry it up again. Report to your, maybe your... Uh, you get that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. he's just putting it in structure. Okay, so it's not okay. So he was just referring to just this one church. Yes, and not only this one. No, not only not this in this context. Yes, this one church. This was the law in this one okay. church. Okay. It was an order. Um, what's the word now? Or an order mechanism. So it's not it's not a a big to silence. When you say learning silence, it's not about it means learning humility, meekness. It's not about shutting up your mouth. Don't talk. We don't want to hear from you. No, that's what he's saying. Yeah, I'm saying. Okay. I asked you. I said, what of those that are not married? Who did not ask? So it's not about that. Okay. As, as a matter of fact, Paul even in this same to this same church advised people to it's better for themselves not to marry because they are less distracted and they can serve God. So you see that it's not about. Um, okay okay points noted okay okay now let's move on to another one right this one the, the scripture is quite long so i won't read everything but i'll just give like a summary right okay or oh, let me try okay let's go to james james 2 mm. right mm. james 2 was talking about um okay he said my brethren hold on hold not to the faith of our my brethren hold not to the faith of our lord jesus christ the Lord of glory with respect of persons, right? Okay. For if there come into your synagogue a man with gold ring mm. in fine clothing, mm. and there's a man poor in fine clothing, mm. and you have regard to him that weareth the fine cloth and say, sit down in a good place, and you say to the poor man, sit down there or sit down under my footstool. Do you not make distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Hacking mm-hmm. my beloved brethren, do not choose them that are poor greater than those that are rich. Okay, okay. So what, are, what was the question now? It said, but you have dishonored the man, but um, and you have dishonored the poor and the rich as oppressed him or something like that. Okay. Now, if, for example, now, you enter into a church, right? Okay. And somebody is well-dressed and... Okay, let me not use a church. Let me use a building. Let me use a... Let me use a company, right? If you enter a company now with suit and tie, and another person enters with um, probably a t-shirt, slippers, and like immediately your first attention goes to the man in a suit, right? Okay. So does that exactly mean that you've looked down on the poor guy or the guy with a t-shirt and no. and, and what, slippers? What what this guy say? What James is teaching here is <clears throat> he said he's talking about. It says, if they come unto your assembly. So he's actually talking to a church. Okay. Because this was written to the Jewish churches. Because James was the pastor in Jerusalem. Now, he's saying, if, if 
somebody comes to your church. We shouldn't, we don't look down on people because we understand that earthly possessions, the Bible says, Jesus said, Luke chapter 12, verse 15, he says, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he has. Okay, so we know that there is more to life. And we know that the word of every man is the blood of Jesus. So when people, your, your separating factor with people, your relationship factor, the way you um, esteem, especially people that are Christians, all right, when they come or somebody, even somebody that comes to hear the word of God, your esteeming them is not because of earthly possessions. How much they have or how they are looking. You get, that's what he's still talking about. That if you are esteeming somebody that has more money, more than the one that does not have more money, he says that you are wrong. Because God is not the respecter of persons, okay? God is not the respecter of persons. He's free for all, open to all. And as a matter of fact, the Bible says, if you read in Ephesians 6, read in Colossians 4, it talks about how even the bonds, people that are slaves to, you know, the, okay, let me, Philemon, the book of Philemon. Paul mm-hmm. is writing to Philemon. Philemon is a rich guy. And he's writing to, for him to accept a slave, the slave that ran away from him, who is Onesimus. And Paul is saying, after Paul is, you know, telling him that he should please accept him, that now this Onesimus is born again, that he should not accept him just like a slave, but he should accept him like a brother in Christ Jesus. You see that? So the, the paradigm has shifted. You no longer treat such a person as just a commoner, all right? Because that person is actually your brother. He is a relationship that will outpass this earth because the truth is that your earthly parents, your earthly siblings, this, that relationship dies in this world, okay? It doesn't transcend. Yeah. yeah, your father is not going to be your father in heaven. Neither is your mother going to be your mother in heaven. All those things have transcended. Everybody will stand for himself. The only people that will can still relate to as your brethren are the people that are Christians with you. So the only reason why your father will call you brother Joshua is because of you are a Christian with him. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So that's it. So if we get to heaven now, I won't be able to recognize. Ah, that's my mom. I didn't say you will recognize. You will recognize, <laughs> but she's not your mom anymore. Wow. Those okay. those earthly ties. Titles. Uh-huh, they've seized. Because okay. what makes him what makes her your mother is blood. Okay. Okay. Her blood is not. Okay. It's not. And there's nobody for her to be your mother, that means she's still married to your father. And nobody gets married in heaven. So you see that. Okay. Okay, so now eh, I wanted to just you talked about the dressing and um and obviously people say the way you dress is the way you be addressed and stuff like when, that. But when then we say that when we say that is in respect to this physical world, this worldly world, because Samuel, first Samuel says, God looks at the inward, the heart, man looks at the outward appearance. Men, because of their ruled by their senses, they can only relate with you from your outward appearance. So okay. because of we want to because we don't want to be ruled out before they hear us. That's why we look good. Okay. okay. So it's not among yeah. Christians. That should not be the thinking among Christians. Okay. I like this now. So now I'm just, just on a lighter note. Let's just show this thing now. Okay. Now let's talk about um, school now, for example, okay. where they say that you are in your purest of form. You want to go and worship your maker. You're down to this. And let's say, for example, you're not wearing a tie. For example, you are flying your shirt. 
for example, you are doing this, and they said, no, you cannot enter the chapel. And they despise you, and they throw you away, and they say, go back, because you're not looking this certain way. But then you just want to worship your maker. Do you understand? And I also want to twist that with, like, dressings, where they talk about keeping beards and all. Like, all those things don't really affect Christianity, as you say. They can't claim, that's where the error is, they can't claim that those things affect the, the offense you'll be commit, committing there is just disobedience. What's the disobedience? Okay. That they said do this and you didn't do it. That's the only offense. The, the, they can't claim that those things affect anybody. Because as a matter of fact, the people, you know, Paul preached to uncircumcised people, people that were not circumcised, Joshua. You can, even though that circumcision that was like a, a popular practice now all over the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As at that time, these people weren't circumcised. And yet, God related with them. So, I don't, I don't know where we got all these ideas, all right, of... There are many reasons why we do many things. Do you understand what I'm saying? There are many reasons why I would... Because what's good for the goose is not necessarily good for the gander. We must understand that in the New Testament, sin is very personal. So, if somebody is what they call it, if... Because um, what is sin is whatever that is not done by faith, that works by love. That is sin in the New Testament. So, if, some, if you can be doing something nice... All right, and your motives are very impure, and only you knows, and God knows. <laughs> so, okay. about outer world. So, when they say people should, you know, you can't claim that is the dressing, that the dressing affects their worship with God. You can't claim it. You can't suggest so. You ju- you you should say what you should say is that this is how we dress here. Okay. 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 And so just abide by their rules and just... yes. And after all, there are reason why they are training us like that. It's because they want to present us to the world. So, no problem. There's nothing helpfully <laughs> about it. Okay. Now, uh, okay. Okay. You talked about... Okay, now, let me just throw this in where you said um, that you can be doing something, like your actions outside can be looking pure, but inside it's not pure, and God knows. Mm-hmm. Right? So, that means if you are doing... Let's say, for example, now, you are taking care of somebody, you are taking care of somebody's... Of, let's say you're taking care of a girl's bills, doing all of that, and your aim in the last point is just to sleep with her. Then yeah. your intentions are not... Let's say you're paying... You're t- let's say she's stranded, you pay for her school fees. Yeah. Outside, you're looking like, wow, you're really taking you're care nice of... Guy. Yeah. You're a nice guy. So at that point, you're not being recognized by God, right? That act of service or that act of service, God knows the real plan, the real scope. So it's not moving. Okay. So you don't think that like somebody being stranded and you offering help and this and that. God do not acknowledge that at all. I don't understand what you mean. Okay, so, okay, because okay. The, because the you are helping somebody. Do you understand? Like, what okay, do you say? The person was, you are helping somebody that is stranded. Yes, that was in need. Okay. I know the Bible talks about helping in need and doing all of that. Um, so now you are helping somebody in need. You actually, um, let's say somebody doesn't have shelter. You tell the person no, come bro, and stay with me. You are not helping that person in need. You are helping yourself. You are using that person to satisfy your selfish desires. Many people mm. do those kind of things. Many people do. You think you are helping that, that person. God has used, you know, you know, let me give you an example. There are scenarios that mm. God uses to the advantage. He's not the one that initiated it. Do you get what I'm saying? But yeah. he uses it to his advantage. All right. Uh, let me give you, let me think of one that, that I can think from the top of my head. Okay. The crucifying of Jesus. It wasn't mm. God that initiated this, that stirred up the people to crucify him. As a matter of fact, when you read the Bible, you find that it's even the devil that did it. All right? That, crucif- that stirred up the people to crucify Jesus. 
But they didn't know that God factored it already in his plan. And that that will pay eventually and that will even make this whole thing to explode. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. God, are you saying that those people now, because Paul wrote it, he says, are you saying that my bad, you know, brings out the good in God? He said, no, that's what I have to do. It's not like that. That's not how it works. Your bad is your bad. Your, your actions will be judged individually. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But God used that to help the other You know, maybe you, well, let me give you an example now. Um, let's read it. Can we go to Romans? <laughs> what well, I will I have time to to start yearning it? Let me just show you that, like, it's not. You know, that's the thing about our generation. This is what you said. Our woke generation. We think we are the first. Most of the things that have happened that we are experiencing now have always existed. They are not new. Mm. Okay. So we, think, we think that, and that's the problem of every new generation. They think that they have some new knowledge. Or some new experiences, but it's not true. It's the same old, same old. Man is just looking for new ways to um, propagate his old desires. There's nothing new. Okay. You're saying Romans? Romans 2. Romans, is it Romans 2 or Romans 3? Okay, Romans 3. Romans 3. Um, let's start from from verse 3. It says, For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Yes, let God be true and every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sins and might overcome when thou art judged. 5. But if our unrighteousness commend the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unrighteous who take vengeance? Now he's saying he's talking like a man, like he's trying to reason normally. He said, God forbid, for then how shall God judge the world? For if the truth of God had more abounded through my lie unto his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner and not as we be? Whose dimension is just? Oh, and I'm trying to... Okay, okay, okay. But this is a different... But I just wanted to show you that um, you cannot claim that your unrighteousness, all right, brings works the righteousness of God because it worked out for somebody else's good. Okay, uh, I get your points. And the sin I'm talking about is a sin against your own conscience. Because when you say, um, when you say, like what you said now, you help a lady because you intend to sleep with her, yeah. you know, it's not that your help is not help. The person that was helped there in the eyes of God was you. You are, you are trying to create a link to do your evil. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm saying so. It doesn't work like that. It's not God is a righteous. Mm. Okay. okay, so I'm just saying, putting this out there for people who say, I, I, I've actually been of help to this person, been of help to that person, but then I'm not getting anything. But no, that, do you understand? It doesn't make any sense. It's, it's, it's pure selfishness. It's, the faith must work by love. Faith must work by okay. love. Okay, so if you do it out of love, out of there is nothing that you can do through faith by love that can be seen. There is nothing. Nothing in this world you can do. Through okay, faith. now. Let's now delve to the issue of love. Hmm? I love this topic of love because <laughs> I just feel like, I feel like that is the greatest thing that like, if everybody loves each other like to a certain extent, like the world is going to be boom. You get okay. But this okay. love now, eh? because at least they say that that's the greatest, um, that's the greatest thing to do, right? Mm. To love somebody. Yes. Okay. I'm listening to you. 
<laughs> no, no, like that's what it says in them. Um, I think is okay. First Corinthians thirteen. Okay, okay. I'm second Corinthians thirteen. Okay, now, but this is my issue of love now it doesn't have to do with that type of. This is my issue of love now is not about godly love, right? I'm just saying it there. I'm just putting that there. Everybody erotic, should just love erotic. one another. Now, eh? This love I'm talking about is is erotic, right? Wait, now I'm about to I'm about to hit this hard, so I have to go. I have to pick my words up. Okay. Now, the generation or the world we're in now, right? The woke generation. Okay. A boy can love a boy. And I mean sexually. Okay. Right? Okay. And a girl can love a girl. Right? Okay. And then they come out and say that there's no part in the scripture that says that there's nothing wrong with a girl loving a girl and a guy loving a guy. Oh, how? How? <laughs> how? Like I said, the woke generation. Right? That's why if you come out on social media and you talk about um, maybe probably being against... Exactly. There's a word for everything now. Which is very hilarious in a sense. Because I asked, which other day was I asked, I asked, what is the meaning of homophobic? What does it mean? They say you don't like gay people. They say you don't like homosexuals. I, I say, so are you trying to are you trying to now control my emotions? You want to choose see. That's how the world is now. They're trying so, to control you to let, fit to a certain standard. But, and that is so what makes them different from the God that they hate? If, let me give you an example. If if um, you say, I- I'm a fan of free will because I'm a Christian and God gave man free will. Now, does that mean that there are no consequences for actions? Is a lie. There are consequences for actions, but everybody must have a right to choose. You can choose whether you want to live or you can choose whether you want to die. It's your choice. And it's a gift that we must, humanity must hold dear because I see it gradually disappearing. We must hold dear to the right for people to choose for themselves and not make choices for them. All we need to do is put measures, you know, that if anybody messes up, this was going to be there for you. All right? That's what we should do. Now, I see a situation where like this homophobic stuff now. They say prejudice against homosexual people. That's, if, I, if I don't give a, a, somebody that is homosexual something just because of his homosexual, are you trying to, are you trying to force me to... To, because it's not homosexuality is not some because you know where all this thing is based on is based on a lie and what is that lie that they are born that way hmm. that is where it's all based on because if it's race because somebody might be listening and say okay what about racism I say we should leave the whites to choose what no racism is different because racism somebody is racially um, prejudiced or is, Prejudiced against another person because of the color of his skin, something that he has really has no no control over. Do you get? Which is biologically proven that he has no. Everybody knows that color of skin. You don't have anything to. You can't do anything about it. Okay. Now, if somebody you say, okay, what about people that were born gay, and they've always been gay since we they were born. Uh-huh. There's a problem there. It, we, see, I don't know why we reason like this. Okay, Josh Docker, if somebody is born blind, is that person, is that person, would we say that person is normal? Mm, no, but, but then they didn't exactly have a control over it. Uh, true, but is that person, don't we seek to correct it? Okay, yes, most times. If you can, you will. You get, we seek to correct it. When we see people that are born blind, people that are born lame, we do our possible best to correct it because we see it as an anomaly in nature. 
So why do we believe that gay people, people that are born gay, that it is um, normal? Is normal. See, let me tell you, it's very sponsored. It's very, very. I'm not. I'm not somebody. But Bible teaches me to love people. Okay, and I've never been involved in. Maybe they caught somebody that was gay, and they were, all my life I've never been. I've always frowned against it. When you catch somebody that is gay and you people are beating the person, beating the person, that is madness. That's another style of wickedness. You know, it's wrong. You know, and I think that so. Was, school, so schools ex- ex- expelling gay people is wrong. School expelling a gay person is not wrong. Why is it not? Because, wrong? because if they said it in their laws that if somebody is gay, we don't want. Then yeah. why should I'm even thinking now? As, I'm not even thinking as a Christian. I'm thinking as a man. All right. As a, okay. let me talk like Paul, I speak as a man. If they say in a particular, in a particular street, all right, that they bought with their money, they did not force anybody, it's their land. Mm-hmm. Your house, your house now. If you say you don't want Igbo people to be coming to your house, is it not your house? Yes. So why would I, as a Bukana, come to your house and say, I am Igbo, it's injustice in your own house? I don't know what I'm mm. saying. So yeah. if, you when you say school expects somebody because of his gay, if he's in the law that oh boy, somebody is gay, we don't want. There's nothing like injustice there. Because so if be- if I, let me just this just this just like this is not exactly hitting your point. I just want to show this. But if a if a white restaurant says that we don't want black people there, a white then yes, a, a restaurant they, say that they say we don't want black people restaurant. Abby. Is, is well advertised, okay? Yes. If they can bear the heat, there is no problem. I, I'm talking as a man. I'm not talking as a Christian. Okay, okay. I get your point. If they, if they can bear the backlash of, you know, tongue waggles and... Mm-hmm. Or if they say, oh, more, we don't want... Because if they become politicized, everything in nature, or not nature, in life now, is having politics at the side of it. Okay? Yeah. Because it's now, it's just on the product of man's wickedness. You know, we're trying to just use new ways to, to, to evil, wickedness. So you see this racism now. People are even, I don't want to, it's not a topic I really like to, because not everybody that has an open mind, just what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I true. Talk about, I talk about issues with an open mind. If somebody, if somebody is a racist, what is prejudice? Prejudice means that I announce, I give, I give a popular announcement, all right? Maybe I say, I want it to give somebody a job. And people come for the job, all right? And maybe one of them is a cross-dresser, he's queer. Okay. And he comes for the job. And I look at the job I want to give. Now, maybe this guy is qualified, you know, guy has everything that he needs in terms of credentials. Okay, yeah. but I look at him and I look at maybe the job is a receptionist. Okay, this guy is queer. Now, most of society has not settled down with these people. True. Do I now want to make that person the face of the organization? I don't, I don't get it. Sometimes we should think openly, we should not just be, <laughs> no, people are so quick to pour their insecurities on another person. I'm just saying. All right. So, yeah. I, I, what are the injustices against? Um, um, the, see, let me tell you. Let, now, let me start talking as a Christian now. 
Okay, because I've been talking. You see this homo- homophobic, homophobic, um, yeah. Homophobic, homophobic. That God is God is not God doesn't He doesn't like. It's all over the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. He doesn't appreciate. He doesn't like. If you want me to show, I can show you. He don't before the law, during the law, after the law. He doesn't like. I'm telling you where he mentioned it before the law, during the law, and after the law. When Christ came in this year of, of grace. It's not something that is homosexuality is not something that God is something that God sees as a shame. It's an adulteration mm-hmm. of truth. All right. Yeah. Pollution because of, even in, in Leviticus 20, he was talking about if a man lie with if a man lie with mankind as with womankind, both of them that, that have committed is, abomination. That one is even in the law. You know, some people might say that's the law. That's the law. Because there are many things in Leviticus that we are not doing today. Okay. okay. But I'm talking about the testament now. First Corinthians, Romans, it's all over there, you know, Ephesians, these things are there. You don't, you cannot turn a blind eye to it. So if it's, it's just like, an, it's just like the way we say when we say adultery, idolatry, that's okay. how God puts stealing. That's how God puts homosexuality too, as a, as a wrong practice. So it's not. That means that means one of two things. It's not a problem of it's something you can stop. And that's what God is saying. And there are people that have stopped. Yeah. Right. So, so this whole this whole this... The, the facade, what they are painting, what they are preaching to us is that people that is how they are, is in the core of their DNA. But we know it's yeah. not that they, they can be like that. Yes, based on what God says, it's not true. Somebody can decide to change. Right. Yeah, no, I, but most I, times the generation is buying it. This day, the generation is buying it. Many is, and more we even buy greater lies as the end times come closer. So, end of times okay. come closer. So, I'm not saying that everybody should be woke. If you want to be woke, if you've heard what I've said now, yeah. you, if you don't like what I say, you can take it up with God. It's not me. You can't say. <laughs> that, that's how I talk. I take it up with God. Now, Hugo said you matter. I've just, I've just, you know, so you're talking about love. Um, between men and men is not is to God is unacceptable. All right, maybe this might sound. Um, somebody will say I'm condemning. You know, people say many funny stuff like, um, nobody holy pass. Uh, no, uh, nobody holy. You, you, you all are just sinning differently. That is rubbish. That's not true. Yes. Because <laughs> that's the first. That's another lie that the devil has pushed that all of us are sinning. It's not. And let me tell you, Joshua, it's not true. Sin is not compulsory. It's not true. There are people that are living perfect lives. And maybe maybe you don't know. I'm telling you now. You know, because when we you see even the Bible says if any man sin, he didn't say when. He said if. So that means <laughs> it's a choice. It's a choice. That's my point. You can decide to live above it. If not, what Jesus Christ did was a waste. If it's impossible for man to live above sin, hmm. then why did Jesus die and resurrect? It doesn't make any sense. So I'm just saying that is this um, status of imperfection, and it's because of people's experiences, all right? Because people try yeah. that. People try that. So they say sometimes you and they, you know even our popular preachers preach like that that everybody can. Sometimes you get it wrong, but God is there's a higher there's more in God, all right? Where you don't need to make those mistakes. It's not a must. So my whole point is Joshua is that everybody should just do their day. All right, let everybody just if you if you want to form because there's another one that they bully people on social media. You know, it's just wickedness. Uh, that's what I see it as a bro. It's just 
it hasn't changed. Wickedness. I won't... Wickedness that is causing most of the problem. I don't hate. I don't hate this gay stuff that you just called now. I know people that are gay personally. Okay. Mm. I don't mm-hmm. hate them. I love them nonetheless because the Bible shows me that God loves sinners. But he hates the sin. My problem is not the person, you know. Mm-hmm. It's the act. That's my problem. So I, okay. I might not, if somebody, if somebody is gay, all right, and he, and he maybe a guy comes from a job in my company. I know he's gay, okay, but he's, he's normal. Like you get, not that he, outwardly, he looks like a, a person. You can't, I don't get what I'm saying. Yeah. He's, not, nothing about his persona is going to hinder the job. I can't give that person the job. Hmm. Okay. That's me. I can do that. His so far his lifestyle does not affect what affect. I'm talking about. You get what I'm saying? But that yeah. does not mean I condone his actions. You know, Dave Chappelle said something. There's something Dave Chappelle says that one of the lies that these people have made us believe is that if for you to love somebody, you must totally agree with their lifestyle and everything, their opinions, everything. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's, it's, it's a lie. It's not true. It's a lie. It's not true. I can love you without agreeing with everything you say. I can love you without agreeing with everything you do. Praise God. This guy is just there for heat. The record button. <laughs> 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 oh, man. So, this did not need too long. Maybe just wrap up. Mm, okay. Okay, now, I'm just going to touch on, like, two other issues before I delve into some social issues, right? Now, there's a part in the Bible, I read it some time, I'm just trying to, I'm just having a difficulty finding it now, I think it's around Genesis 20, Genesis okay. 20, when um, Abraham was traveling, right, mm. and he told Sarah that, ah, these people ask you, tell them that I'm your, I'm your, I'm your brother, Okay. Have you read that part of the scripture? Yes, yes. Okay, good. I was just about sending it to you. I think it's Genesis 20, where he was like, if I'm traveling, tell these people that I'm your brother, because if you tell them that I'm your wife, they're going to kill me, and then they will take you. Right? Mm-hmm. You understand? Yeah. Now, after he... What Abraham did there was a lie, right? It didn't lie, because if you read the scripture, technically, SM, Sarah was his half-sister. No, what? wait, hold, hold, hold on a minute. First. Read it now. I finished, read. Wait, now, I, I finished the scripture. And what he was saying in the scripture was that she is she's the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. Yeah, now that's his half right? sister. Okay, the way I interpreted it was like daughter of my father, like heavenly father. No, 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 daughter of his father, father. Okay, so now, okay, now that even makes it more interesting. So you're trying to tell me now that is it okay to marry your half-sister? Because me, I was even... Wait, hold on, hold on. I mean, I was thinking that ah, Abraham lied and like no. God didn't exactly... If you read the whole scripture, God didn't exactly address Abraham. He addressed the person that took his wife and said that, go and return, okay. go and return that then guy's wife asked, and this. And, said, like, he didn't talk about Abraham lying at all. You asked the question, you said, is it... Um, okay. It, remember, we said exegesis and contextualization. Now, first of all, at that time, it wasn't wrong because incest wasn't wrong because that was the word multiplied through quote and unquote incest. Because people were Adam's children married each other. That's how the world became, you know, 
That's how population increased. In the days of Noah, his daughters slept with him. So it wasn't a problem. Hey, hold on, hold on. Okay, I think I, I, I think I showed you a part of that scripture. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, okay, don't worry, continue. We'll get back to that. So it wasn't a problem. The law of Moses now came, and the law of Moses said, there is no need to do this again. People don't buckle, don't do this anymore. Yes. Okay. So Jesus became wrong. And it, it became a shameful thing. All right. And it's carried on into the New Testament. That's culture. You know. So you shouldn't. It, so was it wrong then? No. Is it wrong now? Yes. Because a law has come to say it's wrong. Mm. So. This law, you said it was um, Moses, right? Yeah, it's from Moses' time. It became known that God doesn't like. It's an abomination unto the Lord. Right. This really makes... It really, it really, it's really bringing a lot of questions. And I know if I go into it, I'm going to sleep here. And your, so, question like, is, your question is not... What's your question? <laughs> my question now is that, like, the way a lot of things are changing now, don't you think that, like, wait now, hold on. Now, for example, now we just finished talking about gay people, right? So if, for example... Then it wasn't. Let's say then it was okay for, for you to marry for incest, but now it's not. If then it wasn't okay to like have to be gay, like do you it think has that never been no. okay to be gay from the beginning of yeah? Okay, okay, and that's what I'm trying to say now. That if then like it was not okay to be gay, like is there now? So like no certain law can come now to change it. Ah, Jesus Christ has died and resurrected. Which other law wants to come? Okay. You understand? He's called the second and last Adam. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, let, let me give you, let me put this also for somebody that might be listening because of this. Somebody is saying that means religion is just twisting and changing. No. The Bible says where there is no law, there is no knowledge of sin. Okay. So because of there is no law against something, nobody knows that. And first of all, sin is first of all inherent, it's in nature. All right, and it's a nature that everybody inherited from Adam because that's the human nature. Okay, now that's what David said in Psalm 51 in sin did my mother conceive me. So everybody was born with that sinful nature. Okay, now the law came to reveal that sinful nature. So, because of there was no law, there was no sin. That's why. Um, Abraham could not be held accountable for that. Jesus, those people cannot be held. But does it mean he was, now that the law has come and we see in the law that that was sin, we now know that that was sin. I don't know where I get what I'm saying. Okay. There are societies, okay. societies where um, killing was never a crime. After all, the way man evolved. Alright? Mm-hmm. Man evolved. With survival of the fittest, Abi. Yes. Okay. In those climes, killing was not seen as terrible as it's seen today. But does that has that changed the terribility? There's a word like that of killing. No. It's still wrong. Okay. And common sense just lets you know now that Omar, I shouldn't be doing this. Shouldn't be doing this. Okay, now nature. Okay, so I just want to put this out there that um, everybody should like because this talking about killing. Eh, I was just saying something about David today. 
where David actually killed somebody's, somebody's husband, right? Mm. And this David was sent to be the righteous person. Eh, the Bible did not say David was a righteous person. <laughs> That's what the Bible said. The Bible said David was a man after God's heart, meaning that he longed after God. And when David did that setup, when he put Uriah in the hottest part of the mm-hmm. battle, and Uriah died in battle, God judged him for it. Okay, God judged him for it. But his heart, his heart was, that's why they say um, righteousness is not, and, okay, I don't want to enter into this, another talk. But my point is that righteousness with God is not about works. Okay, it's actually the position of your heart, of your heart towards him. If you are, because the Bible says it, David regretted what he did. He was totally remorseful. Because he sinned and he was trying to cover up his sin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's just the problem. So he was remorseful. It's not something that he was proud of. And God forgave him. Yes. After God dealt with him. He's a forgiving God. <laughs> God punished him actually for it. You know. Okay. So, so if sometimes all these times where we see pastors backsliding. So that means you as relate, a... You cannot relate your relationship with God with David's relationship with God. Why? Because there are two different dispensations. Now, okay. if somebody is after God's heart, does that mean like, if you said it was someone that longed after God's heart, Abby? That was the David, yeah? Yes. So that means... That, that if you long... I'm not trying to put it in context. You... So I can't long after God's heart? No, you can. You should. You naturally would if you were born again. That's mm-hmm. your configuration. Now, if... if if um, if you are born again, all right, Jesus Christ paid for your sins, okay? So your yeah. state with God is forgiveness of sins. That's your position. You have received it, the remission of sins. So if you err, you remember that sacrifice that he did and walk in the remission of sins. Do you get it? So it's not like David's case, God called him to order on it and punished him for it. All right? Punished him for it. It's not as if God does, God forgave him. (laughs) Yes, I know, I know. But my whole point here is that him longing after God's heart meant like he liked godly things, right? He loved God. He He was, yes, his heart was for God. And if you love godly things, does that mean you're righteous? That's why I said it doesn't relate today. Because the righteousness that we have today is not by works. I don't know what I'm saying. You're already righteous by your faith in Christ Jesus. It's a state that you are declared. It's a gift that you received. So you are, you are righteous by the work that somebody else did. Who was that person? Jesus. Ephesians 2 from 2 to 9. So it's not of works. So nobody can boast. We do good works because of we are righteous. Right, righteous or right living is a product of the righteousness of God at work in us. So, right living on his own cannot produce righteousness. It's just like you, you have a, a white inner shirt, okay? You have, I believe you have one. Or okay, yeah. Now, it's, I want to believe that it still looks good, okay? Yeah? I want to believe that it still looks good. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. But no matter how good it looks, when you bring a new one that you just bought and you put it beside that one, the imperfections in this your current one will start showing. Yes. That is the way man's righteousness is before God because God is perfect. 
So there is no how. That's why the Bible says man's righteousness is like a filthy rag before God. Because how righteous can you be holier than God? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So what God did was to give you His own righteousness. So and that's the righteousness He gave you in Jesus. Why am I preaching this thing? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> he gave you in Christ. You get what I'm saying? That's the righteousness yeah. He gave you. In Christ. So your state is righteousness. It's not what you do that makes you righteous. You do because you are righteous. Huh. So okay. what, what the Old Testament guys were trying to do, they were trying to walk outside in, but you, you walk inside out. Huh. Okay. This, this, this David thing just made me mind. Like, so sometimes when, and most, of, most things are causing this conversation, this data. Okay, as you said that the way David was, everybody was like he was longing after God's heart. That's why when people see a pastor backslide, let's say he does something wrong, probably they caught him doing this, they caught him doing that. People be like, ah, so nobody holy. Do you understand that type of setting? That ah, so me that was doing this and this man that. And they didn't understand that the way God deals with people is not about if a pastor, all right, mm-hmm. does something wrong, yeah. does something that's not right. God knows how to. You know, the Bible says. You can't judge another man's servant. Okay? My father cannot come and tell your father how to raise you. Okay? My father cannot come and tell your father that the way you're raising Joshua is wrong. Hey, from where? Like, do you get? Or, yeah. or somebody, uh, the MD of Deloitte will come and tell KPMG boss that sack this your staff, right? <laughs> so, that's the same thing. You can't judge another person's servant. The man of God is a servant of God. All right? And God is going yeah. to deal however God chooses. Okay? Because God has, they've come to, they've come to a level. It depends on the, if it's a mistake, if it's a, whatever it is, God knows how to, you know, deal God, with the Bible says don't partake of another man's sin. You shouldn't, the way you partake of another man's sin is by now insulting. Let me give yes, you Yes, and judging and. Let me give you, let me give you a story that is in the Bible. Because, you know, every time we say, you know, the scriptures that our parents used to make us not to insult man of um, pastors. People have found a way to belittle it. Touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. They say mm-hmm. they say that it's for every Christian. Yeah. Very they didn't lie, but let's look at something that happened in the Bible. It's not actually because the, the prophet was not even talking to Christians, he was talking to about Israel. But let's let's put a story now. At the age of seventeen, David was anointed to be king of Israel. But there was a sitting king in Israel that was already anointed. But God, in the realm of the spirit, God had left that one. Okay? Mm-hmm. It, in God's mind, his own king was David. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there was, in the physical, there's a king, Saul. Okay? And we know the story that Saul longed after. Now, two of them are anointed. Yeah. And if we're really relating, the freshest anointing is the one that is uh, David. Okay? Yeah. And Saul was a very, you know, jealous man. He wanted to kill David at all costs. Yeah. The Bible says one of the nights that David came with his servant into Saul's cave when Saul was chasing David to kill him. And see Saul, see David. And the servant told David that, let me strike him. I won't do it twice. Now, let me just end this guy here. Okay. And what did David say? David said, are you, are you crazy? Far be it from me that I touch the Lord's anointed. Was Saul the holiest of people? I don't, I don't need to see it. Was Saul mm. living right? No. But Saul, nonetheless, was anointed. But David mm. was also 
I'm not trying to talk to Christians that find it easy to insult a pastor because of they say all of us are anointed. David was also anointed, but this was an opportunity for him to end this guy's life. But he said he won't do it. As a matter of fact, when Saul would later die, the person that came to bring the news to David that, that he wanted, he thought that if he lied, David would respect him. He lied to David that he's the one that killed Saul. So my point is basically like, that's just, I'm not talking for Christians. So you shouldn't be glad about the downfall of anybody. Come to talk of fellow Christian, you understand? It's not the best. Yeah, so when people come after, these days now, of recent, it seems to be Pastor Chris that many people come after <laughs> on social media based on his talks about uh, the 5G and um, mm. some other things. Mm. But then, like he said, like, you shouldn't come after a pastor, right? You shouldn't, you shouldn't, first of all, you know, yes, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, yes, I would say it, you should you know, it's wrong. I, I don't think it's right. You know, it's There's nothing in this Bible that supports it. Not one. Oh. But even, you know, most of the time, man, I don't want to go into this, but most of the time, when somebody, I was just thinking about it this morning. I said, when somebody comes, I'm talking about as a Christian, if somebody comes and tells you that God said this, you know, to me, Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or oh, this is what God told me. You know, the yeah. way Papa them, them they be yeah. saying, this is what God told me. Yeah. And somebody says, somebody says, I don't think it to me is madness because because if somebody says God told me, your response if you want to be in disagreement is that. This is not what God said. That God said this, or God told me this, or the Bible says this. Do you get that? Should be your response. <laughs> you should not respond to somebody that said God told me as with I don't think it was never about your <laughs> your thoughts. Your, you get what I'm saying? And that's something that has left the church. I don't know, you know, even among the upper echelon, you know. But I'm not really. It's not a topic I like to talk about in the open. You know, I talk, talk about because I could be largely. Misunderstanding. <laughs> I don't know how it's happened. I believe in it because the speed we are going with is not even, mm-hmm. it's not even oh. making sense again. Yeah. <laughs> it's not making sense again. And it, they, they didn't tell you the word class, the word before. Anywhere we enter, enter. But uh, jokes aside, you know, I've I've telling somebody, hope you know that if we don't eventually become one of 10 in 10, that it doesn't have, it doesn't have any brush on Papa. I'm talking about by the Bible. Oh. I'm not saying that. It doesn't really have any. It doesn't change anything. Huh. So, so, but many people say, "Eh, how?" He said it and it didn't happen. But that's yeah. no. It's, it's not something I want to discuss today. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, <laughs> I rather leave it. You know. Okay. You know, the Bible says, "Okay, let's leave it. Let's not even enter it." But then, fact, let, me just, let me just talk about this now. What? What? So, okay. The, these things have just even kind of answered my 
question kind of about uh, when people say when they say ask and you shall receive do you understand and when you are asking for a certain thing and then you don't exactly get it well there are many reasons why people don't um get answers if you go to james chapter 4 it talks about one it says you ask and receive not because you ask amiss basing it on your lusts so that's one reason why people don't get another reason is people don't ask correctly they don't know how to pray they don't know how to ask all right some other times they don't know how to receive what they've asked for there are many dynamics okay so that's why it's very important that you know god's word for yourself when people ask especially you know you get many questions like that that um i told god to do this for me and he didn't do it you don't understand you know one we must know what we must settle in your heart is that God is faithful. You must settle it in your heart. If there was ever a problem, if there was ever a break in connection, it was not on the God end of the equation. It was on your own end of the equation. So you must always find out what did I not do correctly? What did I not do right? And as you study the word of God, you will find out the mistakes you made. Some people are asking God for what he has already given them. Okay? Some people are asking God for what you know sometimes the people are asking god for what god would oh. so it's all about you know when you understand who god is you know how you tread so if you yeah, just like when we okay how can i just like when we, how can i yeah, what do you say if somebody now is asking how can i receive how can i pray how can you pray you pray to the father in the name of jesus that's how you pray and what you are praying for you know what are you asking for? Or could really? it just be that sometimes God doesn't just want you to have that thing because of a certain reason best known to him? I, 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 there are people that preach this, all right, what you just said. But I, I don't believe it. Oh. Okay. There, are people that preach, there are people that preach what you just said now. Okay. And I'm not trying to discredit that. I say personally, me, Buka, Mike, I don't believe it. I believe that God's answer is always yes. Oh. That has been my experience. Maybe because so maybe we we'll say this thing about yes, no, wait, wait a little. Or those are just rooms to for their Yeah, when people to say, Oh yeah, what was the idea of do it may tarry? It will surely come. <laughs> do you understand? Uh, do it may tarry is different. Do you understand? Do it may tarry is different. If you have a word from God, it means it is yours. Just like God told Abraham, you have a son. So it was already his. Abraham had to just relate with it by faith. Okay, so that one is not, though it may tarry, it doesn't really apply. All right. We're talking about, and I don't know, there's nobody that I've spoken. I mean, when you ask God, it depends on what you're asking. If you're asking God for direction, okay, concerning something, okay, you can hear, don't go. You can hear, stop. You can hear, no. You can hear, you can't say, if you're asking for direction. But when I mean asking for something that is tangible, is it that God heard you or he didn't hear you? If he didn't hear you, you don't have it. If he heard you, you have it. Okay. And like, what are the things that people that, what are the things that, like, apart from, is the only sin that can make God not to hear a man? It's sin. Okay. What is it? What is it? So it's sin that doesn't make, so what's, no, I didn't hear what you said. I didn't hear what you said. That's I said, how so like, I what you said. Of, um, sometimes it means that God didn't hear, right? Yeah, God didn't so, hear yeah. you. I'm asking now that is it only sin that can make God not hear man? No, not only sin. If you don't pray rightly, he can't hear you. 
All right, if you don't ask according to his will for asking, he can't hear you. He won't hear you. So, and let me just ask now. So, once you are a sinner, like none of your prayers can ever be answered. If you are a sinner, yes. He said the Bible says the prayer of a sinner is an abomination unto the Lord. But, but, truly, okay, you can't give it. That's how she says. Not everything is yes or no. You can't give a generic answer to that because the Bible says, Colinius, in Acts chapter ten, he was a devout man. He wasn't born again, but his heart was in the right place. And the Bible says his arms and his prayers went up to God. And that's why God sent that angel to tell him what you should do. That you send for Peter. Let Peter preach to him. Huh. Once, Peter, once Peter preached to him, he got saved. All right. So there are certain rules. There are rules in life. For example, when God says, whosoever lended to the poor, lended to God, for he will surely repay. repay. That is not a rule that is binding Christianity. It's a rule that God has put in the universe. Yeah. So if somebody is giving to the poor, God will give to him. Yeah. That's kind of logic. you know. Yeah. The law of sowing and reaping is not about Christianity. The law of give and it shall be given unto you is not about Christianity. It's a law of life. The law about diligence and hard work it's not about Christianity. So anybody, any Tom Dick and Harry that puts those principles to work will get some level of result. Okay. Okay, now. Let's, let me just... This is my final question because okay. this is already getting a little bit too long. Now, this, be like, about the issue I'm of... This one, like, I couldn't go without talking about this. Okay. Tights. Hi. Tights and what? Okay. Okay. Now, there's a popular person that comes out and says mm. that he's against the Titan, right? Completely against it. That rather giving ten percent of your income to the church, why don't you give it to a school, an orphanage, this, that? And there's also some pastors that preach that if you don't give your tight sins to be tight, no disciple. This. Yeah. So okay. now, is this like is this a, is this a is this a rule like hundred percent that if you don't give your time hundred percent this this follows you? Titan, let me let me put it like this. What mm, you see these things about money? Money reveals the state of your heart. Oh. Your relationship with money reveals the state of your heart. Jesus said, you will put your treasure where your heart is. If that's how you know whether you're carnally minded or you're spiritually minded, just one of the ways to know is just look at where your money is going. Mm, it's deep. In many- you, will just, you will know where your heart is, the position of your heart, the posture of your heart. So one of the ways to train yourself is through this giving. You see, the Bible says tighten. Okay, tighten, they say 10%. Okay, that's what's even in the Old Testament. Okay, in the New Testament, God is even asking you, he's not, he owns you. So it's not about, I'm not saying that 10% is the least, is the base for the Christian, the new man in Christ. Is the base. After all, that is just like offering, your free will offerings. You know, people think that it is, they don't understand what it is. Okay, it's not a collection in church. 
your offering mm. is called offering, of like offer, offering. So you are offering it to a deity. That is, you are is your testimony that God is your God. Mm. That's what offering is. Is actually an act of faith that you believe that you believe in this invisible God, and that's why you are giving to honor Him. Just the same. You know, many things we argue in Christianity. If you carry. You don't go to a shrine empty-handed. I don't know where we got this. <laughs> <laughs> you don't go to a shrine empty-handed. It'll plug you. It's... You go to honor that deity that is in that shrine. Oh. So your free will offering is a testimony of your faith and honor of this God. Or more that this guy is my... Let's say I'm saying this guy. That this God is my God. And I give in honor of you. That's free will offering. Yeah. I'm not talking about collections. Because the Bible also talks about collections. Now, collections are different. Maybe they want to paint the church. Maybe they want to do this thing. You are obliged to give there too. This is your new life. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why, you know, this is actually greed, you know, and covetousness that is painted with scriptures. Somebody says, why can't you give that money to a school? So that what will happen? So that people will go to... See, you must realize that... Um, Giving to God does not negate our giving to people. Okay. Matter of fact, when God in the Old Testament was telling them to give to the priest, God also told them to give to people. So it's not one canceling one. Why I can give to God and give to his school. I can give to God and give to the poor around me. You know, it's a lack mentality because of you don't have. No, God doesn't want us that way. All right, all that you have belongs to in reality. But this is this is a legal statement. It's not really a vital reality for many. But one of the ways that proves you discipline yourself with money is by giving to God. That's one of the ways to discipline or giving to the cause of the gospel. Because God is you can't see God. All right. So it's not God is going to take the money. God doesn't need it. The truth is that the offerings we give, you are giving it. Some people say we they give pastor. That's who God said we should give it to. <laughs> now who God thought we would give up to be that <laughs> yeah, I think many people are just thinking that like I think first of all the problems that people think that Nigerian pastors are a little too rich for their life yeah. why 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 are they why are they noticing them now that they are rich? All these pastors have stories, all right, and the reason why they are that rich. It's because of their labor. I, I tell people a lot. You think it's, it's start a church. As in, <laughs> that was like just, that, that if you think No, you think no that that you Joshua. I be, I be leader of like some teenagers, say like 30 teenagers. Okay. Okay. I don't lead them for a while now. I, I just tell people start church. You think it's easy enough you know, for somebody to bring money to you to say, Pastor, thank you. It means you have done something for don't that person. They must, okay, start it. It's, it's the quickest. They are, listen, there are more poor pastors than rich pastors. We are just blind to it. True. There are plenty <laughs> pastors that are, and they are doing the work of God, though. They are doing the work of God, both they're in poverty, suffering. But the world does not let the, you, also, or media does not let you see that one. You will just speak, after all, um, Joshua, how do we, how do we, you did economics, how do we select the feasibility of a business or the feasibility or profitability of a profession is it not by Profit. the number of people in that profession that are above you know 
normal. Do you do how profitable would that venture? You hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. So if we have like hundred pastors and like only twenty are rich, can we say pastoring is really profitable? Profitable venture. You look at the following behind these people. Look at the following behind these people. How many people are following them? That's where the wealth will come from. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why we spend our brain when it comes to, like somebody says, pastors want churches to open because of tight and offering. I said, then you are very unwise because these people, as the as banking stopped, are, are people not still paying their offerings? Has it stopped? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are they even reaching a wider You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they the wider audience. You see them on TV. People are giving their offerings. If I tell you, the churches are even cashing out more now than they were before. So I don't know. Even expenses have um, kind of cut. Eh? I said there seems to be a cut down on expenses. Imagine, do you get no like no? It's only one place you are running, Jed. <laughs> so I don't know where. I don't know when the devil boasts to blind your darken your understanding. You will just be. Thinking in a certain light, I just go in that way to, you know. I mean, most of the most of the banter is foolishness, you know. Yeah. Papa doesn't need to work. I'm not a winner. I hope you, you know you, you know that. Yeah. Papa doesn't need to work for the next next thirty years. He will not be hungry. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. So let's, let's stop thinking. Let's, let's stop thinking that is our title and offering that is giving the money. That <laughs> there are people that are giving it to these men's lives. They are, Carry money and give them. And you can't tell people what to do with their money. Money, do you get? So, <laughs> you that you are talking, how many schools have you given? <laughs> the person that is telling us that we should not give to. How many? Because, see, these are lies that I don't want this to start another podcast time. These are lies that the devil has sown into society. The truth is that one of the biggest enablers of society, Israeli Nigeria, is the church, whether we like it or not. They put a lot of people in jobs. They build a lot of infrastructure. There was they do a lot of what they call it, um, humani- uh, what they call it, humanitarian oh, services. Yeah. They do plenty. We can't do without them. Whether we like it or not, you know. Okay. So <laughs> well, let's just keep on using, you know, what that I said. Man is just using different ways to cover his wickedness. You know, they are using new ideas to cover. You know, that's why it's hilarious. That's why Twitter is so funny now. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just looking for a way to show their evil evil side by bullying somebody. You know, they're like those people that Jesus said, he who is without sin, let him. Yeah. Call it those guys, were ready, they were ready to stone that woman to death. Okay. Yeah, see, that's how Twitter is. And <laughs> everybody, huh? I, so, I beg you. If you start talking, no way. No, let's 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 stop. Podcast or social media on its own. That's just <laughs> a crazy place, man. So I don't want to even. Because of course we're talking about Bible, so I just say okay, let's just let's just. I have some like I have some views, personal views. <laughs> all right, that um I wouldn't say that because when I'm talking about the Bible, I like to uh, it from the busiest level. Yeah. All right, there are there are certain things that I've understood to a certain level. But I wouldn't think everybody understands it at that level. So I would say it first at the basis of levels. Now everybody, because we agree first, 
then we go to the part where we disagree so that we can agree. So okay. that's how it is. Man. Okay, so I finished it's all my questions practically. Right? Oh, thank you. But I just want to these are just like quick buzzers like boom, 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 boom. now. Okay. There are some things that people claim that are not mentioned in the Bible, so we can't exactly judge. Okay, I'll just show them very fast and very sharp. Um smoking, right? Um alcohol. Is it wrong to take alcohol? Alcohol, the Bible die. No worry. Masturbation, okay. Um, what else again? Um, what else can I? Okay, see that. Let me just let me just answer all those things. You know, once you know. Um, there's a habits you get. Habits that are formed. Okay. Those things are habits. You know what I'm saying? Are they saying they are they so are they sins or their habits? What do you mean by? Is their habits? Their bad habits. Okay. Now let bad. me learn. Let me, that's why I said. That's why I said. You know, at the beginning, I said sin in the New Testament is very personal. Now your thinking of sin is something that impedes your relationship. Not let no not let, let me put it like this. Your thinking of sin is something that can block you from God, right? Okay. Yes. But. That is not how it is in the New Testament. In the New Testament, it's not that the, the sin can separate you from him, but the sin can make you ineffective in your work with him. And therefore, we result in what we call sin consciousness. And sin consciousness will result eventually in death because you'll be ineffective. And when I mean death, I mean spiritual death. You'll be ineffective in the things of God. For example, that's why I tell somebody, why don't you preach to that person? The person will be like, ah, ah. Because of the, the devil brings guilt, okay? Because of the things that he has done. Are you following me? Yeah. So when we talk about things like masturbation, things like smoking, yeah. all right? Drink question number one. You know, question number one. This is how you know whether something is a legitimate pleasure. You get whether it's a legitimate pleasure. Mm-hmm. Does it does it does it obstruct your because you see the thing about even pornography, you know what I'm saying? What it does is, even though pornography, I can do some link to the Bible, I don't want to do that, you know. I don't want to stretch. I just want to give you a general answer huh? in the Bible. In, let's go to, let's go to First Corinthians. You know, when something, the problem is when something becomes a master of you. All right. It's not... So, you know, even masturbation, what does masturbation are you masturbating for? There's, it's not possible for you to masturbate without doing like two or three other wrong things. It does actually is that it darkens your sense of judgment. Huh. All right. Darkens your sense of judgment because those things are, they are illegitimate pleasures. It also obstructs your view of God. Let me. I'm trying to remember something about I would let me make sure you on this one first. I I would like to play something for you before, but let me let me while I'm getting that, let me show you this. Um chapter nine, verse mm-hmm. did I say first question? Yeah. Let me check first. Oh. 
there's a way I normally but I want to because I don't know who is listening so I want to Thank you for a particular scripture, right? Mm. Oh, sorry. Okay, First Corinthians okay. six. I want to start from um, eight. No, from okay. nine. It says, "Not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God." Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves in mankind, nor thieves, nor, ex- nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. 11. And such were some of you, but you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. 12. All things, this is what I wanted to go to you, all things are lawful unto me but all things are not expedient. That means all things are not advantageous. All things are good for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. You see that? So, most of the time, you know, what we what we what we are doing, we should grow from the point from asking, is it bad, to asking, is it the best? That is the point we should get to. What I'm doing, is it the... Because God did not just save you from bad to good. He saved you to get from good to best. What you are doing, is it excellent? Is it... Is it something, that you, is it something that you can... Is it something that you can do without? I'm going to show you. I wanted to please check something quickly that... There's a way Rabbi Zacharias puts it that really, you know, made a lot of sense to me. This- See, look at these are how to know legitimate pleasures. Anything that refreshes you without distracting you from diminishing or destroying your final goal in life is a legitimate pleasure. Anything that refreshes you without distracting, diminishing, or destroying you from your final goal in life is a legitimate. That's one. Yes, yeah, so people who say that, like. Owing of debts, like if you're owing somebody money, you know, enter heaven. Is that true? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, if for example, now you die and you're owing somebody money, that like you enter heaven. Who said, though, where do people get all these ideas from? And <laughs> the truth is, don't the thing that guarantees you to heaven is not about you know, the Bible says, whosoever believes has eternal life. So, it, for you to miss out of heaven, it means you disbelieved. So, every other thing, you will bear it in heaven. You will get, um, the Bible says, we all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Okay, as, as he was talking to Christians. He was not talking to the world yet. So, in heaven, the Bible says, you, you would give account for the things you've done in your body, whether good or bad. So, and if you read in 1 Corinthians 3, 11 to 15, it talks about, you know, that judgment that will take place in heaven. So, mm. it's, it's for Christians. It's not for the world. You know what I'm saying? So, getting to heaven is not, is, is the, for you to miss out of heaven, 
eventually. I mean, at the end of time. All right. It means you never believed. Yeah. All right. So, but about those ones we're talking about, like smoking, masturbation, all those things. Taking of alcohol. No, the Bible talks about taking of alcohol to some extent, you know. About but then it's exactly a bad thing. Like if you just take and you don't because I even know some pastors take. No, my point is this is the point. All right. We should not have this mindset of police and thief with God. Because this this zero and one mindset. No, you know, as a Christian, God did not just save you from it's not that you just you are doing bad, now you are doing good. No, it's more than that. Even is a call to a life of excellence and moral virtue. And virtue, that's what it means, moral excellence. You live not just doing the bad things for the good, but you also start doing, leave the good things for doing the best. You should stop asking the question, is it a sin, to asking, is it the best for me? You know? Like I told you, sin is very personal in the New Testament. And if you look at it, you know, for example, I told you, you can gauge whether something is a, is a legitimate pleasure. Whether something is... Le- if something distorts your vision of reality or something hypes, you know, something hypes certain appetites in you, distorts the balance of your life, that thing is not... is dangerous to you. It's not the best for you. Okay? Yeah. That's why the Bible talks about, you know, drinking to stupor. The Bible says wine yeah. is a poker, you know. There are things like that. Those things are, let me, let me show you a scripture. In that First Corinthians 6, 12, the Bible says all things are lawful, but not all things are advantageous. All right? Mm. All things yeah. are lawful, but not all things edify. It's not everything that it is, that is, it's just that people ask us about worldly songs, listening to worldly songs. Well, there's nothing wrong in it. There's no part of that. But it's what it leads to. And when you listen, when you say listen to what it's on, it gets to a point in your work with God where you will just naturally find out that you don't really fancy. It as you're not crazy about it. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you've come, you've grown. Because the more you grow, the more the things of this world will lose color to you. So as for those masturbation, it's something like masturbation now. It distorts reality. Pornography. These things give you a false sense of life, and before you know it, they fan the flames of your of your flesh, the cravings of your flesh. Okay, and that is not what you want. You want the spirit to gain ascendancy. So that's why if, the way we're brought up, you know, they try to make us see those things as entirely evil. But the truth is, those things they, they don't edify, and if it doesn't edify, that means it corrodes. It corrupts, all right? Yeah. It darkens. It darkens your understanding. It darkens your thinking. So that's why you can't think about... You know what it takes to masturbate? It takes a lot of... For it to be effective. It takes a lot <laughs> of effect. No, it's true that it takes a lot of things. You cannot just say, I'm say No, your mind must be in it. You know, sometimes that's why the masturbation and pornography, sometimes that's why it goes together. You understand what I'm saying? There must be... Yeah. A, and that's just fanning, you know... The flames of appetites that is God put those appetites in men. The congee that you feel is God that designed the body must be satisfied within it. Anything mm-hmm. outside context becomes use. 
you know. So, mm-hmm. it's so, just... so if none of these social issues, let's say for example, they don't really distort you from reality. Do you understand? Like for example, you don't drink to stupor. You don't drink to stupor. You you are just drinking to drink. What does, yes. what, what are you drinking for? You you went to a wedding and they were mm-hmm. and you took a drink. Yeah. There's nothing wrong in that. See, it's all about your, like I said, whatever is not done in faith is sin. If your conscience, you know that if I take this thing, it will disturb me. You know what I'm saying? Okay. That's not, it's more about, you know, in the Bible, there are people like that. It's all about your conscience. Is your conscience weak? Like your heart, exactly. They, they are the voice of your spirit. Is it weak? You know, there are people that, there are people that, that thing will disturb them. You know, they feel guilty. If you are like that, don't do it. You have to say, because you are not drinking that in faith. You are drinking it in guilt, in fear. You know, but you get to a point. You know, this, the kingdom of God is not about eat this, touch not. No, it's not about that. You are what the only thing that once God wants, you are, you are designed to be regulated by, is the spirit of God. And once another thing is beginning to share, that's why it says, "Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit," because the two of them cannot regulate you at the same time. You cannot be drunk in wine and drunk in the spirit. It's not possible. Now, mm. I'm not saying about, I mean drunk, I mean stupor, like a drunkard. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not the best. All those things are not, so taking everything should be done in what? Moderation. If you're saying, like you said, like you rightly said, there are pastors that take alcohol. Yeah. Uh, so it's not about the alcohol itself that is a sin. No, it's everything is you know what it leads to, the pathway it leads to. These are habits that can gain is before become a stronghold. And when they become a stronghold, when you are informed, involved in all these things, they will be the door through which the devil would use to put you under bondage, mm. bondage of guilt, bondage of sin consciousness. And that will now impede your work with God because there are certain things you feel that you are not qualified to do because of these things. And that's what... So like a guilty conscience. Yes. And that's what God doesn't want. God doesn't want you to have that same consciousness. Okay. So that's the answer. All right. You get So all these things, just ask yourself, is it the best? Stop asking, is it wrong? Ask yourself, is it the best for me? This thing I'm doing, am I satisfying my flesh or my spirit? What is it? Who am I gratifying? <laughs> or whose cravings am I fulfilling? These are those are the questions you ask yourself. Yeah. Same thing with smoking, you know. Just ask yourself. These are the questions you ask. And it's not only about that, even covetousness, greed, envy, <laughs> all these things. They are all in the same class. Yeah. So it's not about just knowing that this thing is not who I am and adjusting to just deciding to be better that's just it deciding to be better and that's what God wants from you it's not doesn't that thing doesn't affect your relationship with him on his own side but it affects the relationship on your own side because that will be the when you bow down your knees to pray that will be the first thing that comes to your mind when True. That's we are probably not worthy. Yes, when somebody that is doing something wrong, 
I want to correct that person. Before you talk, what comes to your mind is you. Have you removed the one in your eye? Remove. So that's what God doesn't want to happen to you. Hmm. So to be in that spiral, you get. I hope I've been able to. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ibuka. Mike. Mike. Maybe for joining me on this podcast. Maybe people don't drag me up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. like, I said, like I said before, in this podcast, I, I, the places where I try to use human logic, I try to state them. The places where I give, use scriptures. I give my personal opinions, I stated them. If you have any problem with those ones, we can talk. But the ones where we use the Bible, don't take it up with me. Take it up with God. <laughs> Except, you see, but God said ahead and we'll talk. But if you tell me, I think <laughs> it's not me you think with. You can't think with the person that said it. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, bro. It was nice. Yeah. Man. Thank you. Thank you. This is probably my longest podcast, but I'll take it. Oh, now you a drag am now. No plan. That's how it always goes. Like different yeah. questions. That's why sometimes when people tell me, like, what are you going to ask me? I just give them like because I know the conversation will always go from there. But no problem. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. I beg I'm single. Though.